Wow. Last week we had a, a great time preaching about uh, our year of harvest. And uh, the question was last week, what is a disciple? We're preaching on um, Christianity uh, 101, back to the basics this month. Today we're going to be talking about relationships, uh, starting with our relationship with God. But last week we, we heard the voice of God in the, in the sermon or the Lord, we spoke about him as he walked along the Sea of Galilee, and there was Andrew and, and, and uh, Peter, Simon Peter, fishing, and he said, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And we heard Jesus saying to us, come on, guys, I want you to follow me. I'm gonna, we're going to go fishing. But we're not going fishing for those smelly fish. We're going fishing for people. So I hope you've all been fishing here this morning. I see a few extra ones here. Some people have been fishing but out in the week, I know we've been fishing. God leads us to people to um, impact their lives, to speak to them. So we used that verse last week, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. I think that's the basic call of God. If you've never had that call here today, I hope you've heard it already in the, in the, in the, um, in the testimonies, in the songs, in the, in, the, in the congregation here this morning, that voice of the Lord saying, you're important, I value your life. Come and follow me. I have a plan for you. Come and follow me. We talked about follow me, and often we respond with our head. We talked about Jesus will make us fishers of men. We don't have to make ourselves fishers of men. That's more on a heart level as we walk in relationship with him. And then we talked about um, fishers of men, yes, our response. And it gets down to our feet, to our walk in life. And our response is important. Just having a dead head knowledge is really dismal. It's religious. It doesn't really count very much, but what comes from the heart counts far much more. And walking in relationship with God. And the world don't like religious people, and I don't like religious people. And me and Ruth aren't that religious, really. You know, we, 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 we walk in relationship with Jesus. That's what it's all about. And that's where it's fun. It's real. I love that. I love Dave. He's real, eh, Dave? The testimony of life. I love, I love the team up here, the band. They're real. Those testimonies, that's awesome. Baptism today, that's awesome. It's real. So it was, uh, what is a disciple last week? And we talked, there were three things. A disciple follows Jesus. A disciple is changed by Jesus. And a disciple lives out his purpose to bring salvation to the world. That's God's purpose, to bring salvation to the world. So now we're talking about becoming a disciple, or we're talking about relationships this week. Now in Ephesians chapter 1, and two, Paul reminds us that through the preaching of the gospel, we have been adopted as the spiritual children of our heavenly Father. He's adopted us. And this is the gospel of the grace of God. And I just love, I love Ephesians, because Ephesians, I know you all read your Bible here today, but in Ephesians, you'll love Ephesians like I do, because it starts in heaven, the first few chapters, and then chapter four gets down to our walk. It's it, it sit, walk, and stand. In, in, in Ephesians, chapter 6 is stand, putting on the, the whole armor of God and having done all to stand. But I love the way it starts with the gospel of what God has done, not what we do. That's why it's good news, because it's not about what we do. If it was about what we do, if the gospel was all about us, it wouldn't get done. But when God sees to it, it is the gospel of the grace of God, the undeserved favor of God and what he has done through our Lord Jesus Christ. And so when we talk about relationship today, 
And I love that. God wants a relationship with us, but He starts from His end. He sees to it that any obstacle that is in our way for a holy and a righteous God, a great God, a creator of the universe and of this world that we see around us, in order, if there's things in our way like things that are not meant to be there, like man's sin, which is just selfishness, you know, I think we all know that we're born selfish creatures. People are selfish, but God isn't selfish. He dealt with man's selfishness at the cross. But not only that, he dealt with the question of whether or not God is selfish at the cross because God selflessly became a man and he went to the cross and he gave his life for us despite of his awesome power. You know, this morning I was reading and meditating on um, in Luke and John when they came and took Jesus and the disciples were there and they wore swords in those days. Today that would translate into, into revolvers, you know, guns, you know. But uh, they had swords in those days, and, and Judas brought out the uh, Roman and the high priest, uh, he brought out the, those people from the high priest to capture Jesus, and uh, Peter said, shall we fight with the sword? And he pulled out his sword before he got an answer, and he, he went to swipe off the servant of the high priest there, and he ducked, I, I presume, this is from the Amplified, and, uh, and he swiped his ear off as he ducked, you know? So he was really serious about this, but Jesus said, no, no, put your sword up picked up his ear and put it back on. See, even when they came to take Jesus, he was still in full control. See, the natural thing to do would be to fight. That's what the disciples thought. But what I like about love is that Jesus just let them take him. He did the opposite to what, he had the opposite reaction to what man naturally would do. And he went all the way to the cross. And then he went in and they nailed him there. I tell you what, it was cruel, cruel, terrible death. Cruel what they did to um, the Lord Jesus Christ. If you've ever watched what, uh, the movie what Mel Gibson did, The Passion of the, of the, of the Cross, or The Passion it's called, isn't it? And uh, it is cruel what Jesus went through. Make no mistake about it. But even after they'd done their worst to him, and they had him nailed to that cross, Jesus cried out, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And today, it's important that each one of us walk in relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ, day by day walking with him. That's why he's called us. He said, come follow me. And you can't, when you follow Jesus, you will, you will find that one of the places he was going was to the cross to lay down his life for you. That's how much he loved you. And that's why he wants you to come and see and just stand there for a while and look at the cross and just see, wow, did he do that for me? Did he go all the way and do that for me? And he wants you just to, to just see what it means to be in a relationship with Almighty God and what it means for him to put a price on our head. We are redeemed, the Bible says, with the precious shared blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I love Janica here this morning. And, and just, just the life she's had and then just when she's been impacted by the love of God. It's real. It's not religion. It's a relationship with God. It's powerful. It's something to get excited about. And I wish we got more excited. I know I don't get very excited, but I, I, I'd like to get more excited I would like to yell a bit more in church. Andrew does pretty well. <laughs> He's made us accepted in the blood. That's good news. Eh? If you'd only see the gospel from God's standpoint. We always think about our response, what we do. I'm following him. I'm trying to do this. Trying to... Just trust in him. I think that's been coming through loud and clear today. 
So Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8 says, and God's reminding us, uh, or Paul reminds us, sorry, in Ephesians, uh, that we've come, that we came to be born again spiritually, even though we were dead in sin. And it was why we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He did it all. Why we were selfish creatures, God in his selflessness sent Jesus to be the Savior of the world. And Ephesians 2 verse 8 says, For by grace, grace is God's riches at Christ's expense. The unmerited, unearned favor of God towards mankind. It says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. I, don't, I, I think religious people today think it's a, a lot about what they do or what they don't do. But it's not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. When you're in a relationship, you give gifts to people, don't you? On Valentine's, if I remember. I better make sure I do. Not of works, not of works, guys, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship. When God goes to work, it's something he does a good job of it. He doesn't muck it up. I know when we put an effort in, sometimes we muck it up. We make a mess of it. I tried to build a playhouse one day with James when he was a bit younger, and I got the foundation down, you know, and then I put some poles up. And then it was all a little bit out of kilter, so in the end I had to chop the poles off, and I got a mate of mine to come and build it. In the meantime, they just warped in the sun, and then they were all twisted. That's why we had to cut them off. But I gave up. I could do a square foundation. That's about was the limit for me. Not of works. Uh, oh, sorry, sorry, where are we? For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should work in them. We think it's a lot about us in life, you know? God already has a plan for us. You might be wandering off in, your, in the way you're going and thinking, why is life so hard and so difficult? But God already has a plan for us. And that's why Jesus says, like we preached last week, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. I'll transform your life if you only but come and trust in me. So there's, um, I think we've got a diagram up there. That we're going to speak, there's four areas of a relationship that we're um, going to be talking about, not only this week, but in a couple of weeks' time, we'll do the other two areas. So in the middle, sorry, it's not so clear, but relationship with Jesus or with God in the middle is actually what affects all those other relationships. It's the most important, our relationship with Him. Ruth will come up soon, and she'll be talking about relationship with the world. In a couple of weeks, we'll go back and talk about relationships with God's family and relationships in the home. We'll do that in a couple of weeks' time. But today, I want to speak about relationship with God, and Ruth will speak about relationship with the world. So what is central is our relationship with God in the four areas or spheres of relationship. It's so important that we never forget that we have been saved by grace and that our security and strength are from God and not from ourselves. Many forget this. Many people forget that our security, our strength comes from God, not from ourselves. And they, and they fall into a form of salvation by works, and they become religious people. And it's a big trap that people fall into, and the world hates it. They find religious people are hypocrites, and they're judgmental, and they're, they're pointing the finger, and, and it's, it's dead, and it's boring, and it's... But God wants a relationship, something that is living with us. 
Don't lose sight of it. It's not about what we do. It's about what he has done. Without the gospel of, of God's grace, we become proud, comparing ourselves with others. We forget that our own righteousness, uh, what our own righteousness looks like to God. Man's righteousness looks terrible. It looks horrible to God. The Bible says all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags in God's sight. Even the best, that, even the best attempt that man can do falls short. That's why God sent his man, Jesus. The Bible tells us the first man, Adam, was of the earth earthy. The second man was the Lord from heaven. Get your eyes on the new man. Don't get your eyes on self, but on the Lord Jesus Christ. We preached about that back in January. So people, when they get their eyes on what they, they can do, they become disillusioned and downcast and disheartened and often give up and walk away from church because it's about them. It's not about others. See, God's all about others first. That's what joy is, J-O-Y. Jesus first, others next, yourself last. Whereas today in society, it's me first, maybe others and God, well, you know. Many believe we came from some amoeba out of a swamp millions of years ago. Weird stuff, you know. Takes a lot of faith to believe that sort of stuff. People get brainwashed, not only by religion. They got the religion on one side, and then they got the world on the other, and you can end up brainwashed and not really knowing what life's all about. I think we all start out like that. So the most important sphere of life is our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, walking daily with Him. And we've had great testimony of that this morning, and how powerful it is when, when God speaks into our lives, and He comes alongside and blesses us. And then... Um, it's so important for us, if we're walking in relationship with the Lord, once we're following Him, it's important for us to realize, like it says in John 15, verse 5, Jesus said, I am the, I am the vine, you are the branches. It's important to realize we're a branch. We're not the source of what happens. We're only a branch on the vine once we have faith in Jesus. And, and, and um, as a branch connected to the Lord by faith, we receive direction. From Jesus through his word. That's number one. It says in Psalm 119 and verse 105, it says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. The second thing we receive, we receive strength from the Holy Spirit of God as we walk in relationship with God. Ephesians 3 verse 16 says that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. So as we will walk with God, we don't only receive direction from Jesus and His Word, but we receive strength from His Spirit. And the third thing is, we receive help for His people and from His people. As we come together, we become a community, a family of God to be a blessing to the world. Not to become introverted and worry about us and how, how good we're going, but to be out there. I love the fact that impact is coming up soon. We'll be able to impact Northland through these young people that come in. We'll connect with them in a relevant way and, and, and give them a, a message of hope and tell them of God's love and, and, and the plans that He has for them and that their life isn't worthless like they might have grown up to think. But they are precious in His sight. A message of hope. So we help, but it's out there in the community. It says that in Ephesians 4, verse 15 and 16. It says, But speaking the truth in love, that we may grow up in, up in Him in all things, uh, sorry, into Him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body, that's the church, 
or believers, uh, joined and knit together by, by that which every joint supplies. It's like a body. Everything's connected. Your hand's not left over here on the stage somewhere. You know, it's all connected to the body. Every joint. Joint, that which every joint supplies. So we become connected to the vine but, and to the body of Christ, but we become joints of supply. We're not leeches. We're in the church. We're a joint of supply. God wants to bless us to be a blessing. That's why we have testimonies from people, even who are starting out on their walk with God, and they've just come to know God, and they can share it because they're becoming a joint of supply, according to the effective working by which, he, by which every part does its share. Sharing, it's a good word. Causing growth to the body for the edifying, that is building up of itself in love. So we're walking in relationship with God and relationship with one another. So just uh, before Ruth comes up, keep an eye on the time here. <laughs> I want to ask you, are you really following the Lord Jesus Christ? So we've been talking about the head, the heart, and the hands. So I want to ask you from in relation to your head, do you know what Jesus teaches about growing in relationship to him? It's important to find that out from his word. Are you willing to surrender to Christ? And am I willing to surrender to Christ in my relationship with Him? Do I walk with the Lord at all times and gain strength and direction from Him daily to do His will? You can answer that. You can think about that. From a heart point of view, I want you to ask yourself, are, you, are there visible changes happening in, in, in your life? I could ask myself, do, as a Christian, do I do the right thing for the right reasons? Has there been a change in my character as I walk with God? Because if we're walking with him, you can be sure there'll be a change. Last time I checked, he was the dominant one. He's bigger than us. If we walk with him, it's going to rub off. There's going to be a change in your character. You could ask yourself, am I showing a constant pattern of growing in the love, in love for God and others? Being other-centered like he is putting others before myself. Good questions to ask us from a heart point of view. Because if it's gone from your head to the heart, it will, those things will be happening. You'll be walking in relationship with Him. It won't be all about you anymore. Are there signs that I am humbly trusting Christ daily and abiding in Him? Are there signs of that in my life that others can see? Because it'll come out that way. And from your response, your hands point of view, head, heart, and hands, filters down into action. You could ask yourself, am I willing to follow Christ in the direction that he is leading? Good question. Are you willing, no matter what, to follow Christ? Even though he's heading up to Jerusalem, that's what he told the disciples. He said, in a few days I'm going up to Jerusalem. And basically he told them he was going to be crucified. And they could have said, oh, later, mate, I'm off. I'm going to shoot the breeze. I don't actually, I'm not into this sort of stuff. This is too far. How far are you prepared to go with Jesus? Are you willing to follow him, no matter what, in the direction that he's going? Good question. What is your response this morning? Am I putting in, into practice what I am learning and, and wanting to do? In other words, am I interested in the salvation of others? Am I, am I using the gifts that God has given me to bring people to Christ, to reach them, to impact their lives? It might be just a listening ear, chatting with them. It might be giving them something, helping them, coming alongside them. Just out there in society, it's not about what happens in here. It's what happens every other hour of the week to come. And God is just building us up to send us out. 
do I have the skills to do this? Am I fulfilling that? Because if you are, you're walking in relationship with God and you're becoming a disciple, a disciplined follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. So I'll just leave those thoughts with you. I'll let Ruth just dive up now. Sorry, Ruth, I've probably taken a bit much time, but I want to catch you short. It's all good. You can preach full if you want. <laughs> cool. How are we doing, church? All good? You're looking alive and well. Awesome. All good, eh? Well, I don't know about you, but I have had the most crazy week, and it's always funny that whenever I'm preaching, I have a crazy week. It just seems to happen, but... And I had a busy, busy week out every night. I was out all day yesterday doing stuff for the kids, and I was out at Russell last night with people, and then got home late, and Paul said, oh, you're remembering you're speaking with me tomorrow, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> Totally got it. Definitely got it. So relationships. I'm going to speak on, share quickly on relationships in the world. And I want to actually just share a passage of scripture. What do relationships with the world look like? Just like what do relationships look like in the community? So if you're out there, we're out there in the community all the time, what do they look like? And here is a story about what Jesus did in the community. And it's found in Luke chapter 19 verse 1. And it's about Zacchaeus, the tax collector. And I think I might have them, they may be up there, but if not, I'm going to read it anyway. Jesus, verse 1, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. He was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but being a short man, he could not because of the crowd, I don't have that problem. I'm one of those people that in the supermarket, little ladies come up to me and say, could you get that off the top shelf for me? And I have to get it off the top shelf, but I just love it. I love it. So, um, so, he, um, so he, um, he was short, and he couldn't see because of the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him. And since Jesus was coming that way, when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and he said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house. Isn't that awesome? Today salvation has come to this house. So, we, so here in this story we see an example of what relationship in our community should look like. And I want to talk about discipling with grace. This is discipling with grace. Do you know, a Jewish man, it was a shame for a Jewish man to run. And it was a shame for him to even be found climbing trees. I mean, that's what kids do. Jewish people didn't do that. But this man was running. He was desperate. And we have a desperate community who are running they're running everywhere. They're running here, they're running there, they're rushing here, rushing there. And what they need is a Jesus encounter. And Zacchaeus needed a Jesus encounter. And you know, not only was 
he doing everything that he shouldn't have been doing, but he was a tax collector. And I don't know about you, but people do not like paying taxes, do they? And so he was a despised man. He really was a despised man in the community. And not only was he despised, but he was actually dishonest because as people handed him, as he went around and he collected the taxes, he would pocket some of it. So he became wealthy through his dishonesty and thieving. Not a good man at all. And do you know what the name Zacchaeus means? I actually looked this up. It means clean and pure. He was anything but clean and pure. Now, you'd think when Jesus comes along, he'd say, ugh, and point the finger at this man. But what did he do? Jesus comes along, and the Bible makes no mention of Jesus ever rebuking Zacchaeus for his dishonesty. I think that's so amazing grace, isn't it? He never pointed the finger, and he said, Zacchaeus, I want to spend time with you. I want to come to your house and build relationship with you. That's what discipling with grace in our community is, is getting alongside these people who might have the finger pointed at them by others, but we, as like Jesus did, will disciple with grace. We are not here to point the finger. Do you know my father said to me as a young child, and I never forgot it, that when you point the finger at someone, there's always three pointing back. Who am I to point the finger? If Jesus never came to condemn the world, why should I? And the church for too long has been pointing the finger at sinners. But we're about discipling with grace here at Excite Church. Too right we are. We're going to love on our community. And so here you have in verse 7, the people are the accusers. He's gone to be with a sinner. Oh, it's always the people, isn't it? Jesus doesn't point the finger. It's always people that want to point the finger. Whether it makes them feel better about themselves, they want to point the finger at someone else. But discipling, we as followers of Jesus, love on people, build a relationship, it's all about grace. I am so big on that. And this moment with Jesus changed Zacchaeus. Jesus didn't need to point the finger. He didn't even need to tell him what to do. Do you know that in the law in Exodus, it tells God had law stipulated there. And he said, if anyone steals, you have to pay back four times. Some of them had to pay back five times, depending on what it was, but some of them had to pay back four times. There's no record of Jesus saying to him, oh, you've given your heart to me now that I've spent time with you. I want you to, you have not to do double pay back to these people you've ripped off, not triple, not but quadrupled. Jesus didn't even do that. But you know when you love on people and you take time to spend time with them and build a relationship with them, they change. You don't need to tell them to change. You know, I have had friends that have come to the Lord and I haven't actually had to tell them to stop swearing or to stop some of the things that they did. They've actually stopped themselves. And I had one of them say to me, do you know, it's so weird. I don't seem to swear anymore because we're just loving on them with grace. They actually come to it themselves. And it was Zacchaeus came to it himself Jesus didn't point the finger and say, you've got to do this now because you're a Christian. You've got to, and you've got to, and you've got to. And it's like, oh, I'm never going to do all that. Keep your eyes on Jesus. 
I tell you what, when you have an encounter with Jesus, that will change you. And every day you say, thank you, Jesus. It's not about me. It's about you. You can help me through life. That's what discipling with grace is in our community, building a relationship with Jesus. Fantastic. You know, many people want to live right. Their concern becomes, I've got to live right. I'm a Christian. I've got to live right. Or even the community in the world, they want to live right. They want to live right. I don't want to do what's wrong. But you know, you're never going to break your addictions by yourself. It can take years sometimes of trying and trying and trying. But when you come to a realization of the grace of God and that Jesus just loves you for who you are, if he could love you when you were a stinking thief and when we were you were a rotten person and in all your ugliness, he could love you then. How much more is he always going to love you, no matter when you stuff up, eh? And so Zacchaeus became a changed man. And he actually lived up to his name. He became clean and pure because that's what Jesus does. He sees us as clean and pure. And that's what he sees the world out there. Potential Christians, potential Zacchaeuses are out there and he sees them as clean and pure. And you know what? We disciple people in our community. How do we disciple them? We love them with grace. And you know, I love the gym. I'm a fitness fan. I just love to stay shaped so I can eat all that haggis and all that Scottish food now. I just love to to stay, um, I love the gym. I love community. I love gearing out there. I just love meeting new people. And this week even, you know, I've been gearing out and new ones that have been there. I say, hi, I'm Ruth. Nice to have you at the gym. Where are you from? And get to build a relationship with these new people. And there's been, a, I've, I've shared this briefly, but I haven't shared the full story. There's a guy that I have known there for a long time, and he's gay. Now, I could have pointed the finger at him because the Bible speaks about this and say, you know, it's not very nice what you are doing, but I have made a point of every time he comes into the gym, I have met him, gone up to him and said, how are you today? And asked him how he's doing about his life. And do you know when he's got hard things in his life that he's been going through and when his mother passed away, he came to me and he started sharing. And you know what another thing is? The gospel of grace is about loving and it's about listening. We do not listen enough in our society. People want to talk, 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 but we need to spend time listening to people. God gave us two ears and one mouth, but sometimes it's like we have two mouths and one ear. We just want to talk, talk, talk. So I spent time loving on this guy. Now, I have never once told him that I'm a pastor, but one day he came up to me and he said, do you know what? I'm a council member, he said, and I have heard about your impacts. And he said, I reckon that as a council member, I could maybe find if there's any funding for your impacts. And I went, that would be fantastic, you know. So he arranged a meeting a few weeks ago. A big boss came up from Auckland and I sat down with this chap from the gym, my friend, and sat down with him and I had a meeting and this guy said, well, we might be able to give you some money towards your impact. He said, if you just fill out an application. So he sent me the application and then I got a phone call a few days ago and he said, oh, we just need to ask you a few more questions about this impact, you know. So I said, I just want you to know it is spiritual. 
I said, we pray with people. We share the love of Jesus with people. I just want you to know that before you part with any money. I'm just going to tell you, there is a Christian element to it, but we just love our community. We love people. I got a phone call about a few days ago. Oh, no, it was our email, actually. And he emailed and he said, I'm going to give you not a little bit of the money. I'm not even going to give you half the money, but I'm going to give you all the money that you asked for. I asked for, and I'm Scottish, I know, it just comes comes easily. Some people just... And I asked for 9,000 and whatever else it was, and they said, I'm going to give you all the money. Do you know what? That verse that came to mind when, he, when I heard that was... People will see your good works and glorify God. It doesn't say good people will see your good works. It says everybody will see your good works and glorify God. Because I never pointed the finger at this guy and I just loved on him, God opened up doors that no man can shut. God has doors for you that He wants to open that no man can shut because as you disciple, the world and build a relationship with people in your community, the people in your world, you will see them through grace come to love Jesus and you will see them come to glorify our Heavenly Father because you know how we treat people and how we are. If we are stingy, that's how people view God. If we are being aggro and angry with our community and world, that's how the world view God. We are modeling God to the people. And so we disciple with grace. And I'm going to finish now. And I want to tell you that Jesus wants to come to your house today. He wants to come to your house. He said to Zacchaeus, I want to, Zacchaeus, come. And Jesus is calling you this morning and he's saying, come. I want to come to your house because I want to make your house my house. And I'm going to change you from the inside so that you won't be thieving anymore. You won't feel so depressed because you'll have me in your house and in your life. He wants you to take him home with you today. And I can guarantee like Zacchaeus, you will be changed. He won't ever come and point the finger at you because God is a gentleman. He won't point the finger at you. He won't say, oh, you have to go and do that and oh, that man this and oh, that man and, and feel like, oh, under law. He wants to just win you with his love and his grace. And this morning he is calling you and he wants to come home and take, he wants you to take him home with him today because he'll be the best friend that you have ever had. And he'll be a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Have you ever felt the rejection of a parent or of a father, of a brother or a sister? It can hurt deeply, but I can tell you that Jesus will never, ever, ever leave you. He will be with you for the rest of your life and it will be a good life with Jesus. So every head bowed, I just want to reach out this morning and Jesus is calling you here this morning. You are here for a purpose. It was not an accident that you are here this morning and Jesus is calling you and he's calling you into 
his house so that you can take him to your house. And if you want to know more about Jesus, I would just love for you to put up your hand. We're not going to make you do anything crazy and way out and wacky, but I just want you and invite you to come to know Jesus as the lover of your life. So if you are here this morning, every head bowed, you are here this morning and you say, I want to know Jesus. I just ask you to reach out, put your hand up. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. And we shall pray with you. We're inviting you to take an opportunity to respond to Jesus this morning because he is a loving Father. God is a loving Father who wants to have a relationship with you. And if you want to receive Jesus, then we're going to pray together. And if you could pray after me. Thank you, Jesus, that you died for me on the cross. That you love me. That you will never, ever leave me. I make you Lord of my life and I want to spend the rest of my life with you. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have said that prayer for the first time, we have Bibles for you. We'd love to connect with you. Come and see us after church. We're going to sing Love on the Line. Jesus full of love and grace put love on the line for us let's stand
just saying, welcome home. Welcome home. Oh, isn't that good? I love Jesus. Welcome home, church. You're in the right place. Welcome home, eh? May you be filled with His love and His presence as you go out into the community, build a relationship with your community in your world. Love on the people around you. Not pointing, loving, because love never fails. Great to have you with us. We have some yummy cupcakes and a few chocolate love hats. Be sweet. Have a great time. And also, just one announcement, if you uh, run a life group, there is a quick life group meeting after church with Ruben and Dave Ramsey, life group leaders. Awesome.